Our guest today is a true American success story. I mean, he started with manual labor at age 20, loading steel trucks part-time. He was so dedicated that he became the manager of 60 employees. But by age 32, he left the steel business and struck out on his own. He revolutionized a part of the manufacturing industry. In six years, he built Vactron into the 13th fastest growing privately held company in America. He's been named Florida's Entrepreneur of the Year, and he's built multiple businesses. What brings him to the economic war room is a love for America. So welcome, Don Buckner. Thank you, Kevin. Glad to be here. Hey, we like to do the bad, the good, and the beautiful here. We talk about the problem, which is the bad. Then we talk about solutions, which are the good. And ultimately, we want to talk about the beautiful future that we can have for America and how America can lead the world again. We think we're in a spiritual war, but it manifests as an economic war. Now, you've lived the American dream. You've built things that others only wish that they could do. How are you feeling about where America is right now today? What troubles you? We're really challenged right now, trying to keep dollars and jobs in this country. Uh, there are several things happening. Our wealth is leaving the country in a, in a pace that has never, it's a record pace actually, that we've never seen in the past. And because our wealth is leaving, so is our power, so is our sovereignty. And ultimately there's a spiritual vacuum that goes with that as well. So there's a, a lot of, it's kind of like follow the money, right? The money is where the power goes. And so we are, through, over the last 20 years, we have ultimately given away a lot of our power to other countries. And Particularly China, right? So we don't try and not to talk about other countries, but yes, uh, China is probably the major main culprit in this. They are uh, really good at manipulating the system and manipulating our economic system, uh, the world economy actually. They have, they're very cunning in how they operate. Well, we call it unrestricted warfare, and there's actually a book we've got here. I've read it in detail many times. We talk about it all the time. The Chinese have uh, taken advantage of trade practices. They've taken advantage of international organizations. They've stolen a lot of intellectual property. They've conned American business into coming there. The Chinese people are wonderful people, and I know a number of Chinese people. They're terrific people. It's the system that's bad. It's the Chinese communism that's bad. Well, um, because I don't want to wind up uh, six feet under, I'm going to say some, not some ba the bad things about China, but I would say that they have figured out how to manipulate our economic system, and they, they understand also how to control our politics as well. Uh, look at today, we're unable to say anything negative about China or any of their policies, or even look at the Wuhan virus, and uh, you're not allowed to say that it came from Wuhan. You can't so even make a movie that criticizes China, which is kind of frightening. But it's not just them and, and they're infiltrating, but there are a whole bunch of people in our own country, Americans, big conglomerates, and also really um, crony capitalists, for lack of a better term. I don't think they're real capitalists, but crony capitalists who want to make it impossible for people to start up, be entrepreneurs, or, or really provide American-made things to their customers. Now, being, uh, made an making an American-made product right now is a real challenge. And you talk about entrepreneurs, and they have to have real passion. Uh, we did it without any money. It was strictly passion and the will of God. We prayed, and, and uh, God brought people. He brought opportunities. He brought all those things. And so people today have to really uh, buckle down and focus, put their faith first, and then they'll see success, uh, not seek the money, not look for money. But Made in USA is a really tough thing right now because of the competition also. 
that they're seeing from imports, it's, a, it's a, just a real challenge. How did you do it? Tell, tell us about your business and how you got to where you are. So we started uh, in my garage in 1998, actually, and developed a product and a process. And we uh, started manufacturing a product. Actually, I didn't start manufacturing. I had other people make the product for me, and I would sell the product. So I was, quote, unquote, a virtual manufacturing company. And then we took on production, we took on sales, we took on distribution, um, at the same time developing a product and putting our staff together and uh, ultimately wound up with a very successful company and sold that company in 2018. And now we're focused on trying to change the U.S. economy in a positive way. So that was a 20-year run for you. Did, did everything you make made in America? Uh, we tried very hard to put as many U.S.-made products in our machines as possible. We developed a huge vacuum piece of vacuum equipment. We used Goodyear tires that were made in the United States. We, we looked for a diesel engine that was made in the United States. There's not one of that particular size range. Anything less than 100 horsepower is not made in this country. Uh, we did find U.S.-made gas engines, which Kohler is the only gas-made engine in the United States anymore. So we did incorporate as much U.S. product as, and content as possible, which we are encouraging manufacturers to do. Uh, they are looking to domesticate, re-domesticate their supply chains, and we're helping them do that. Well, yeah, we need to do that because of the health issues with the virus and so forth. But we also need to do it from a national security standpoint. I mean, I've I started briefing the Pentagon, I guess it's now 13 years ago, uh, and they just didn't get the fact that we could be in an economic war. They didn't get the idea that everything we use in the military has to have an American-made aspect to it, or we could just be cut off. Uh, Rosemary Gibson, we've talked to a lot, and she was one of our first guests, and she said, what if our soldiers uh, can't get penicillin? Uh, you know, what happens if there's a, a big disease outbreak or they start one and, and everybody goes sick because Americans don't make our drug supply anymore? Now, one of the, uh, the part of my presentation is that 97% of our clothing is not made here. 80% uh, of our pharmaceuticals are not made here. Uh, none, almost none of our electronics are made here, and we're seeing that pinch. So if they cut us off today, uh, six months from now, we'd be naked we'd be sick, and we'd literally be Neanderthals without our elect electronics. So we are, our sovereignty is long gone. We, wow. it, we have to figure out how to get that back, uh, whether that's technology or however we have to do that, but we have to figure out how to start making these products here ourselves in order to return our sovereignty to return. We're going to need to take a break. When we come back, uh, you've scared me. Let's find solutions. What good things can we do about that?
Don, I just read consumer reports. They say 80% of Americans would prefer to buy an American product, but they don't do it because it's not convenient. Tell us about your Made in America initiative and how that's gonna help res return our sovereignty and satisfy the needs of American customers. Sure, it's a, uh, we call it a three-legged stool. So the first is a trade show that we have in October. Uh, we're holding it in Louisville this year, uh, October 1st through the 3rd. Um, because it's on National Manufacturing Day, it's national media, we'll be, a lot of national media will be there. We'll have about 400 manufacturers come. We'll invite the buyers, corporate buyers, government buyers to come in and see what is made in the United States, uh, especially PPE. Uh, we're spending a lot of money on MP, um, PPE products. Uh, right. that we're, they're actually benefiting from our, our, the pandemic in a very big way. So we'll have that. And then the second leg of the stool is MadeInAmerica.org where we put out PSAs and educate Americans that, the importance of buying American-made products, uh, kind of like the Got Milk campaign, sure. uh, changing Got consumer American. behavior, yep. uh, the organic uh, campaign where people care about what's in their product, we need them to care about what's where their product is made. And then the last one is MadeInUSA.com where we're looking to build a large U.S.-made um, online store of e-commerce of uh, U.S.-made products. Those are three important legs, but I read about a town hall. What's a town hall? So the town hall is kind of like the trade show. The trade show is where we will actually have the manufacturers be there and we'll talk about their issues and what they're dealing with and we'll mix in politician and buyers and, and, and figure out how to, what are some of the solutions that we haven't thought about. Does that travel or is that in one space? That you uh, currently it's in one space. It's an annual event. We hope to be regional at some point, but currently it's just, it's a single point, single at once a year. So you're having a trade show in, in October in Louisville. Uh, tell me, what do I find? If I show up at your trade show, or who, first off, who's your target? Who do you want to attend the trade show? Um, Americans, okay? Anybody who spends dollars. So we're, it's open to the public. We have buyers, corporate buyers. It's important to have the government buyers there. If they don't, can't spend our tax dollars back with us, how can we continue to pay taxes, right? So it's important to have them there. Uh, we also have uh, any procurement groups. There's a lot of procurement groups. Um, medical groups that could come, but uh, primarily it's the manufacturers, all shapes, all sizes, many of them are uh, small mom and pops, under 50 employees. There's only 3,400 out of 250,000 U.S. manufacturers that are considered large companies. So by far the large majority of them are smaller type companies, which the government has had a huge initiative on trying to spend dollars with smaller companies. So we're excited about that idea. What's the biggest challenge when somebody says, I, I want an American product for this, I can't find it. What's the biggest challenge to getting them that product? Ah, good question. So it's a lot of research, and that is the challenge right now, is, is, is even some of, the, some of the search results we feel are tainted. Um, we certainly know that a lot of the social media is pushing against all those ideas. Uh, so there's, there's a movement against trying to find and identify purchase American-made products. The largest online uh, store actually muddles the results you cannot find uh, U.S.-made products on that online store. So it's a real challenge to find U.S.-made products. If I see a Made in America label and I'm looking at it on, on you know, Amazon or one of the online places, is it real? Do you, how do you know? That's a good question. So the you have to do your research anymore. There's a lot of fraud that goes on. People, the Made in USA, is a, look at it as a brand. It instantly means quality, it instantly means value. And so people stick that on their product, made in this country or not sometimes, 
and the FTC actually enforces some of that. So there, if you find one, you turn it into the FTC, and they'll they take swift action. Um, so we've actually done that in some cases. Then there's also the mislabeling of if it's designed in this country or if it's uh, engineered in this country with a big flag. Those are not made in the United States. So people need to be aware not to be deceived. Yeah, no, that's a big education problem. One of the things we want to do is we're training financial advisors. If we're going to help people weaponize their money, they're, they're spending, they're giving, they're investing, uh, they need professional help on this. And so I, I want to make sure that you're going to help us when we, when we get to the spending section that you can help us train the advisors so they know how to distinguish between those things that are fraudulent and those things that are real. Um, but we're going to need a whole lot more alternatives. It's really hard to find products that you know are made in, in America. It really is. Uh, no question. And that's why it's now or never. We're at a crucial point in our history that if we don't turn this ship around very quickly, uh, it's lost. So we have lost some abilities already. You had Mer Rosemary Gibson on. We've lost some abilities to make some of those pharmaceuticals. And it's, it's a, lot, a lot of dumping happens from foreign countries. They, they bring the product in below cost, and so consequently it puts U.S. manufacturers out of business, and they can't survive. So that's happened numerous times, and it's a real challenge, like you said. Yeah, and it takes a mindset. I mean, if we can train people to invest in American companies and create investment capital, then they can create American products that they can buy, and you see this flow of money going from consumption to investing to consumption to investing. If you make a profit, you just put it back and reinvest in another America. We have about 4% of the world's population here in America, but we have about 25% of the global economy. But we've seen that erode, and it's going to collapse if we don't do something to make something here in America. No, that's right. So the most powerful economic force on the planet is the U.S. consumer base. The U.S. consumer, if, if the U.S. consumer is feeling good about the economy and spends a lot of money, the world's economy is great. If the U.S. consumer contracts, the world's economy starts to, to shrink as well. So we add, that's part of the reason that they're putting money into our economy right now. The fiat money is coming into our economy, so we all feel good and we all continue to spend our money. So we all... Uh, can can buy those imported products, so that's that's the, the yeah. Problem. But that just puts us in debt to foreign nations. That's not anything good at all. No, sir. So you can see a real uh, simulation. Uh, we we like to put the, the assimilate the debt of this country with the loss of taxes that we got from those multinational companies that moved offshore. If you remember, President Clinton had zero debt for this country, and today we have the highest debt ever. And so from that, that 20 years, we've lost all the taxes from all those manufacturers and all, those, all that production, and so consequently our debt went up as well. Yeah, actually we had a, a zero deficit reported federal deficit with, with Clinton. We still had some debt, but we had a zero deficit reported, and you're right, the deficit now is $3 trillion, which is roughly equivalent to all the taxes we receive in an entire year. So we're spending twice as much as we're taking in. Yep. Uh, fiat money is never good. If you look through history and putting money into an economy that's not truly earned, uh, it's actually a loan, it's a debt, and at some point it has to be paid back. Yeah, there's no question. Well, we're going to have to take another break, but when we come back, I'd like to talk about what America can look like if we return to our free market roots and we support one another as Americans and again lead the world economically. Let's take a break.
Don, we've been talking about Made in America. We've been talking about restoring the economic liberties. Does economic liberty work? Do incentives work? Uh, obviously they do. Um, you look at the, um, the employment base right now as being incentivized to stay home and they're doing a pretty good job of it. From the pandemic, yeah. yeah. People, I'll stay home, pay me. Yeah, That's right, exactly. So we need incentives the other way the, to help people, incentivize people to work. And of course, obviously wages are going up and, and those kind of things are happening, which are all good things. But at the same time, it, it, capitalism is not working the way it's supposed to. It's being subsidized in the wrong direction. Labor is being paid to stay home and consequently, it creates shortages in our supply chain because production can't happen. And so consequently, it causes real heartache in, in our economy. And it creates inflation. We're printing this money, it's not real money, we're pr printing it, throwing it into the economy just as in the form of debt, that adds to inflation. So we get the worst of all worlds. People are staying home, being paid to stay home, so the economy's not growing, but we get inflation at the same time. Now inflation, uh, another word for inflation is a tax. It, it, de it devalues your money in a way that nothing else can. And so consequently, no matter what kind of gains you have, if you have inflation, your gains are, are negated. So somehow we have to turn around the inflation issue, and the only way to really do that is to stop the flow of fiat money. Wow, I think you're right. And, and if you're not gonna just be borrowing and have heavy debt driven, which unfortunately our economy is today, uh, the other option there is if you want capital formation, you can actually form it from investment where people are investing money. Now you're an entrepreneur, you built a business. Uh, not everybody can do that. Not everybody can take off like you did and say, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna quit my job and, and do this. So people do work and they don't want the risk associated, but they can still invest in entrepreneurs, can't they? No, that's a great way to take a bit of risk without necessarily leaving your job and you can maintain a piece of the pie. So the American dream is to own your own business. Well, you can in a way, America, the way we're set up is you can invest in, in small companies and other companies and believe in their vision, believe in their dream, believe in the staff, uh, believe in what they're trying to do, especially if their hearts are in the right place and their mission is pure. Uh, we encourage people to invest in those type companies. Yeah, and you know, the, the thing is, is that was a part of American history for decades. You could invest in the Ford Motor Company, you could invest in Walt Disney, and, and yet now, the average person doesn't even do that. They, they may throw it into an index fund. The index fund is run by, I hate to say it, but progressive leftists like at BlackRock, and, and they'll take the capital, they'll make the investment, but then they'll vote the shares against the interests of America. So one of the things that offends me the most about BlackRock is they're throwing these ESG requirements, environment, social justice, and governance requirements on American companies, and then lecturing us, and then saying, you shouldn't run your company for the benefit of your shareholders, you need to run it for the benefit of society as a whole, which sounds like socialism. And at the same time, then they're turning around and throwing money at the communist Chinese. It really offends me. Well, I think if you look at uh, who their shareholders are, they're not Americans. Many, many of, a good percentage of BlackRock is not American. So I think that they have a strong influence on how that money is spent and, and the social issues that are pushed into, the, into our world per se. So I wanna, I'd say that um, there's a time and a place coming where we as Americans look, need to look and spend more time and get more 
involved in our investments um, rather than taking the lazy way of uh, just handing it to your financial advisor and saying uh, invest it so it makes the most money. Uh, we need to invest it in invest that money in a holy way and in a way that benefits the kingdom and benefits this country. I'm glad you brought that up because we train financial advisors to work with clients. So we train the clients to say, this is what I want. And then the hard work. I mean, it's not easy to vote proxies. It's not easy to do all the research. But if it's done in cooperation, if you're paying a financial advisor, they ought to be giving you what you want. And if they're not, you need to find a new financial advisor. So we're training them at Liberty University to help them learn everything we're talking about here and then apply it in their client accounts as a partnership, not as a, we're telling you how to invest. Oh, that's fantastic. I look forward to being part of that. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. So you've got three different websites I see. I said madeinamerica.com, madeinamerica.org, and madeinusa.com. Tell me about the distinction between those. So the first one, madeinamerica.com, is simply the trade show that we have annually. We invite all your audience to come and, and just sign up. Just go to the website and sign up to come. And then we have the dot Can org. people get booths there? They can, absolutely. So uh, especially manufacturers. We need manufacturers, small mom and pops. We made it reasonable for people to come and be able to be part of that. It's a three-day event. And on Sunday, we have an event called In God We Trust, where basically it's a church service. Last year, we had Rafael Cruz come and gave a message. I was and, with Rafael just this weekend. And, and what a great guy. And we actually had 30 salvations at, at a trade show. That's amazing. So it's, amaz it's an amazing event. So we were... We're, we're very pleased to have him back. Um, we're, looking f we're actually looking for some significant speakers to come and speak as well, and I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But uh, manufacturers for sure need to come because if, without manufacturers, you don't get the buyers, and without buyers, you don't get the manufacturers. So right. we're praying that we get the right manufacturers there and, and, and looking for an exciting time there. And then the .org, as um, I mentioned earlier, was, is basically it's a nonprofit where we want to educate Americans the importance of buying American-made products. The goal is to change 5% of the spending, whether it's 5% of the population or 5% of the spending of the population, we don't care. The ripple effect of that is very significant. $2.89 for every dollar that's spent on U.S. manufactured product, it multiplies into a valuation of $2.89 because they're paying employees, they're paying their vendors, and all that money gets spent multiple times so it creates value every time it's spent in this country. Consequently, if you buy an imported product, it devalues only 55% of that money stays wow. in this country and every time it, and then it devalues again and again and again. And that's exactly what's happened to this country. And that's why they have to throw this fiat money into our economy. Otherwise, we'd have a deficit of money that we'd be all looking for money and it's not here. And then the last one is madeinusa.com. So we're in the front end of a series A round of, of raising capital to put together a large, um, e-commerce site with just strictly U.S. made products. So you're going to make it easier for consumers. And this is not a partisan issue. The, the, I don't care if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. If you're an American, this should matter to you. And that the, the distinction between getting 50, what percent did you say, comes back if, if, if you spend it overseas? Uh, only 55% stays 55 here. 55% stays here. But if you put the money in an American-made product, how much? $2.89. That is the difference between a robust and growing economy and one that's stagnating and having struggles. No, you're right. So folks have to think about where their money's going, not just the purchase. They have to think about where that money is actually, what's the benefit of that money? Who's it benefiting? 
and that's exactly what we're here to talk about today. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So you got MadeInAmerica.com, MadeInAmerica.org, and MadeInUSA.com. That's where you can learn more about Don Buckner and all the good things he's doing. Now, if you're a subscriber, you'll get our free weekly economic battle plan. And to subscribe is easy. Just go to economicwarroom.com and sign up. We don't charge for it. You subscribe free at economicwarroom.com. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.